Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Tonight, as we come on the air, the news about the growing list of states planning to lift indoor mask mandates. New York, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and Illinois become the latest to roll back those COVID rules. With masks coming off across the country, why the CDC director says it's too soon. Our hospitalizations are still high. Our death rates are still high. Breaking news, truck protests in America after truckers shut down one of the busiest border crossings over COVID mandates. The new reports tonight that a similar freedom convoy could start in Los Angeles on Super Bowl Sunday. White House records investigation after 15 boxes of presidential material are recovered from Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort. Why the National Archives wants the Justice Department to explore criminal charges. Evacuating Americans, the new White House plan to get our citizens out of Ukraine if war breaks out. Breaking news, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell's new comments about diversity in the league. Plus a CBS News exclusive. How law enforcement is protecting the Super Bowl by air and by sea. Bringing home the gold. Team USA's big win and the disappointing loss for America's top skier. The Oscar-nominated actress Anjanou Ellis and her mission to tell stories of strong women. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you so much for joining us. Tonight, one by one, states are preparing to lose their mask mandates. At least nine states in the last few days have moved to end requirements for schools or public places. Today, four more states joined a growing list of governors that have announced plans to repeal or lift those mask mandates and let them expire. More are expected to follow suit in the days ahead as Americans are eager to return to life before the pandemic. The seven-day average of new cases fell to just over 230,000 as of yesterday 
yesterday. That's actually the lowest number since December. The CDC today warned states about moving too fast, and they're still recommending indoor mask wearing in places of substantial or high transmission of the virus. CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky said they are encouraged by the current trends, but, quote, we are not there yet. Well, we've got a lot of news to get to you. And CBS's Mola Lang is going to start us off tonight from New York City. Good evening, Mola. Well, good evening, Nora. As the pandemic drags on, there are signs of hope tonight that things are getting better. But Americans are frustrated. 46% of those recently polled said it is time to get back to normal. As COVID fatigue continues, Dr. Anthony Fauci is sounding optimistic telling the Financial Times we are heading out of the full-blown pandemic phase of COVID-19. This as more states are easing indoor mask mandates. Today, New York, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and Illinois all announcing changes, joining five other states that announced rollbacks this week. Nevada is expected to make an announcement tomorrow. This is trending in a very, very good direction, and that is why we are now approaching a new phase in this pandemic. Cases are down 44% from last week and have fallen nearly 70% from January 15th when Omicron was peaking. But cases are still more than double what they were a year ago. And today, the CDC urged caution. We are working on, you know, following the trends for the moment. Um, what I will say, though, is, you know, our hospitalizations are still high. Our death rates are still high. So as we work towards that and as we um, are encouraged by the current trends, we are not there yet. Joseph Allen is a public health researcher from Harvard. It's not hands up. It's not the, the pandemic is over by any means. It's just that we're on the back end of a wave. We should take advantage of this time, pull back controls. We should absolutely continue to monitor the trends. But the rollback of mask mandates in schools will take a little longer, remaining in place until at least the end of the month in some states. We're out here now to get the masks off. In Illinois, local school board officials are feeling the heat from angry parents who've had enough. It's my children. They're my responsibility. But only 39% of 5 to 17-year-olds are fully vaccinated, and the CDC continues to recommend universal masking in schools. At this time, we continue to recommend masking in areas of high and substantial transmission. Um, that's much of the country right now in public indoor settings. Well, kids six months to four years old could be eligible for the vaccine as early as the end of this month. But under federal rules, pharmacies, which have played a major role in shot distributions, cannot vaccinate anyone under three years old, creating a potential snag in the rollout, Nora. Mullalangi, thank you. There's breaking news tonight that the so-called Freedom Convoy in Canada protesting vaccine mandates could be expanding to the United States, starting in Los Angeles on the Super Bowl and gathering steam across the country, ending in Washington for the State of the Union address. We have team coverage of that protest tonight, starting with CBS's Chris Van Cleve outside Detroit. Nora, Canada is the U.S.'s largest trading partner, and 25% of that trade comes across this one bridge. With it blocked, that is starting to have a real impact on American businesses. Tonight, the nation's busiest border crossing for commerce remains closed, going into Canada for the third day. Canadians protesting vaccine mandates have blocked access. We're not asking you to stop what you're doing. Just stop forcing it on us. 
The Ambassador Bridge, linking Detroit and Windsor, Canada, is critical to the auto industry. Nearly 8,000 trucks carry more than $323 million in goods across it daily. I think it's important for everyone in Canada and the United States to understand what the impact of this blockage is, a uh, potential impact on, uh, on workers, on the supply chain. The blockade is already forcing temporary production disruptions at some plants for Detroit's big three automakers, primarily in Canada. Trade is absolutely critical to the automotive industry and the broader Canadian economy. So any disruption to trade, and in particular to trade at the Ambassador Bridge, which is Canada's most important border crossing, has a significant impact on the industry and the economy. CBS's Janice Shamlian is in the Canadian capital of Ottawa, where the protests began. This is day 13 of what's been called the occupation of Canada's capital near its parliament buildings. Beyond the big rigs that are parked three and four abreast, there are hundreds of people here who have come in support of the protesters. They are providing things like food and fuel, and generally, they are opposed to all COVID restrictions. The city of Ottawa has been dropping donations off here, food, paper towels, um, toothpaste, anything we ask for, okay? It doesn't matter. They bring it. The so-called Freedom Caravan protest is causing huge traffic jams at this border crossing in Port Huron, two hours from Detroit. Big rig traffic is being redirected here, but the bridge can't handle as much traffic as the Ambassador Bridge, causing long waits to enter Canada. And that DHS bulletin warns the potential protest caravan could block roads in metropolitan areas across the country as it travels from L.A. to Washington, D.C., picking up more protesters on its way. Nora? Chris Van Cleve of All That News, thank you. Now to some breaking news tonight. The National Archives is asking the Department of Justice to investigate former President Trump's handling of official White House documents. The news comes days after learning that officials were forced to retrieve material from Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence that were improperly taken. CBS's Nancy Cordes joins us from the White House. Good evening, Nancy. Good evening, Nora. What's new here is the possibility that the Department of Justice could get involved in what had been an issue between the former president and the National Archives. Now, as you mentioned, a few weeks ago, the National Archives recovered about 15 boxes of presidential records from Mar-a-Lago, Mr. Trump's home in Florida. Well, now CBS News has confirmed that the National Archives has asked DOJ to look into how Mr. Trump handled his White House records. Though it's unclear right now what kind of crime, if any, they might investigate. According to the Washington Post, among the materials that were recovered from Mar-a-Lago were letters between the former president and North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, a letter that former President Obama left behind for President Trump, and that infamous map of Hurricane Dorian's path that Mr. Trump altered using a Sharpie. Now, today, the former president released a statement saying that he has had, quote, collaborative and respectful conversations with the National Archives about all of this. And he added, Nora, that much of this material will someday be displayed in the Donald J. Trump Presidential Library. All right, our thanks to Nancy Cordes. Turning now to the rising tensions between the U.S. and Russia over Ukraine. Today, President Biden got a debrief from French President Emmanuel Macron over his one, after I should say, after his one-on-one -on -one meeting with Vladimir Putin. We also learned that Vice President Harris will huddle with NATO allies in Munich next week. All of this as the military buildup in the region continues. And CBS's Charlie Daggett reports from the Baltic state of Estonia. Today, the U.S. sent in the cavalry. 
The 2nd Cavalry Regiment out of Vilsack, Germany, loaded up this morning bound for Romania right along the Ukrainian border. Around 1,000 U.S. troops and columns of striker armored vehicles. 1,700 soldiers of the 82nd Airborne are being sent to Poland, although they won't step one foot into Ukraine. The focus of this particular mission, of course, is to reinforce the NATO alliance, to reassure our allies. CBS News has learned that those troops will help set up staging posts in Poland should thousands of American citizens need to be evacuated if Russia invades Ukraine. They are multi-mission capable and they're going to be ready to do a number of contingencies, including, and he was asked, you know, would that include evacuation? And he said, if that's what we're called to do, we're capable to do that. The threat of war is escalating by the day with the positioning of Russian air defense missile systems in Belarus, Russian fighter jets stepping up military drills, and Moscow's deployment of six more warships headed to the Black Sea for naval exercises. Baltic states like here in Estonia are especially concerned with the buildup. They are right along the border with Russia and Belarus, and they're specifically requesting more American support. Nora? Charlie Daggett, thank you. The U.S. is now offering up to $10 million for information leading to the location of ISIS-K leader Sonola Ghaffari. The State Department also put out a reward for information leading to any arrest related to the Kabul airport attack last August that killed 13 of our service members. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell said today the league is falling short in its efforts to create greater racial diversity and that he bears responsibility for the failure. His comments come as the league faces a lawsuit over alleged racial discrimination. Meanwhile, with Super Bowl Sunday just four days away, security measures have kicked into high gear. CBS's Carter Evans got a behind-the-scenes look at the preparation. With eyes wide open from the air and even the ocean, security for the Super Bowl is so tight it extends for miles. Customs and Border Protection agents took us aboard this Blackhawk looking for suspicious activity. When you're in the air here, what are you looking for? Any unusual movement of people um, that just seems suspicious or odd. One of the challenges of protecting SoFi Stadium is that it's only a couple of miles away from LAX, and that means there is a lot of traffic in the sky. And while workers prepare for the game inside the stadium, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas met us for an exclusive one-on-one. -on -one. Give me an idea of the scope of the security operation here. We in the Department of Homeland Security dedicate more than 500 people uh, to the effort. It's a remarkable, remarkable uh, program. More than 2,000 people working 24-7. You want to see and be seen. Correct. This is quite a large, impressive, loud helicopter. So part of our operation also is to deter any nefarious activity. From the ocean, the ports of L.A. and Long Beach are huge potential targets, and CBP agents are ready with high-speed boats. Then there's Randall Hill, a former NFL wide receiver turned defender. You used to catch balls, now you catch criminals. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I think it's harder to catch the criminals. That's federal agent Hill now tracking down counterfeiters. We're talking about a lot of money. You're talking about well in excess of $100 million. So, um, you know, it affects uh, not just the game itself, but it affects the communities too. Now, along with the tight security, there are strict COVID protocols here at the stadium. Every fan has to show proof of vaccination 
or a negative COVID test. And there will be some COVID testing here at the stadium, but get a positive result and you're out of the game, no matter how much that ticket costs. Nora? Tough rules. Carter Evans, thank you. Let's turn now to Beijing, where Team USA struck gold for the first time. Lindsay Jacob Ellis won the snowboard cross, becoming the oldest American woman to medal in winter Olympic history at the age of 36. Her victory comes 16 years after she lost gold when she crashed just moments before the finish line. Well, meanwhile, the future of two of America's top athletes is all the talk heading into day six. Here's CBS's Jamie Yukis. Here she goes. It happened within five seconds. Three-time Olympian Michaela Schifrin missed a gate at the top of the women's slalom, failing to qualify for the second time this week. It's unimaginable. After spending the next several minutes hunched on the slope while others raced by. That is heartbreaking. Schifrin was still processing what happened, telling a reporter, it makes me second guess the last 15 years. Everything I thought I knew about my own skiing and slalom and racing mentality. But by this morning, support from fellow athletes poured in, including from her boyfriend, Alexander Kilda, who posted, it's a part of the game and it happens. Schifrin is expected to compete in three more downhill events. On the first day of the men's halfpipe competition, Sean White experienced his own ups and downs, wiping out on his first run. And slide out. But nailing his second with his signature trick. Is he going to nail it this time? He does. This is the final winter games for the 35-year-old as he hopes to add to his three Olympic gold medals. We should appreciate watching him this last time because maybe we don't realize that we won't get another Sean White, maybe not in our lifetimes. The medal ceremony for Monday's team figure skating event has still not happened amid reports of a Russian athlete testing positive for drugs. The U.S. finished second behind the Russians in that event. For now, Olympic officials have only said the delay is due to legal issues. Nora. Ah, some drama brewing. All right, Jamie Yukas, thank you. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. As many as 40 satellites launched last week by Elon Musk's SpaceX have likely been destroyed by a geomagnetic solar storm. The satellites were supposed to support the Starlink broadband internet service, but the storm made Earth's atmosphere more dense and it stopped dozens of satellites from reaching orbiting altitude. They reportedly cost upwards of $50 million. Back here on Earth, a river ran through the streets of Philadelphia today after a pipe four feet wide burst and unleashed a torrent of water. Several people had to be rescued from flooded homes. More than a dozen public schools had to close. Actress Anjanou Ellis has been serving up acclaimed performances for more than 20 years, scoring two Emmy nominations and just yesterday an Oscar nod. CBS's Elise Preston spoke with the actress about her work on and off the big screen for our continuing series honoring Black History Month and those making history now. 
more than two decades, Anjanu Ellis has been a scene stealer. I want to see my son right now, right now. With her strong and sensitive portrayals. I want to continue on this journey that I seem to be set on right now, which is continuing to tell stories about women and particularly black women who have been, honestly, they have been erased. I carry them inside me and on my back. And I carried you too. In King Richard, her role as Orsine Price, the mother of tennis superstars Venus and Serena Williams, highlights a legacy that has been largely ignored. And I fixed Serena's serve because you messed that up. You did what? Yes, I fixed that toss because you messed it up. Mm -hmm. I'm here, I've been here, dreaming and believing just like you. Mm -hmm. You just don't want to see me. Ellis was raised by her grandmother in Mississippi. This desire to make sure that black women are seen, that our stories are heard, was that instilled in you by your grandmother? My grandmother and my mother and my aunts, these women are just sort of like these silent figures. But if we didn't have them, we wouldn't have survived. Ellis also uses her platform to protest racial and social injustice, including the successful fight to remove Mississippi's state flag, which had roots in the Confederacy. My purpose became active in my work in every way. An activist and actress now headed to the Academy Awards. Elise Preston, CBS News, New York. And tomorrow, our series, I in America, looks at Kentucky's long road to recovery following December's devastating tornadoes. And if you can't watch us live, set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in our nation's capital. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. When you're committed to raising the standard, you're bound to ruffle some feathers. At Happy Egg, we like to say we farm differently. But in reality, we produce eggs the way people used to, by partnering with local small family farmers who raise our happy hens on eight or more acres. Because in our opinion, farming shouldn't be complicated. It should be happy. Choose happy with Happy Egg. Visit happyegg.com and look for the yellow carton at a store near you. Happy Egg.